Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Ukraine. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. And each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, fingers crossed, we're still hanging out for a live event, we will crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Hi everyone! Hello! How are you, Monty? I'm very well, thanks. How are you, Matt? I'm really good. Do you know why I'm really good? Why is that? Because we have a special guest today. We do! We decided, because it's just me and Monty most weeks, that uh, we would need yet another white gay man on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So let's introduce... Jodie! Hello! Hello, Jodie! Privet! Privet! Yeah, hello, good evening, everyone. How I take exception to being called a white gay man. I'm orange at the moment after my lockdown three months in my backyard, <laughs> tending to my geraniums. That's not a euphemism. Yeah, I'm blonde and orange, but yeah, I'm white and gay and a man, so. Hi, everyone! <laughs> Fabulous. Jodie is a member of the Second Cherry team since 2009. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to work out yeah. actually before we um, came on air when I was first involved. I've always been involved. I was a guest mm. the first two years, I think, yes. at Cherry. Um, but I became a host in nine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hello, co-hosts. Hello. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just in case anybody is unsure, Jodie presented the show last year at the RVT. Yeah, show. yeah, I did, I did. Finally on that RVT stage. I yeah. was so excited. If you were there, you probably saw it in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Not just your eyes. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Monty and I have hosted, co-hosted uh, previous years, well, all the way back to... Since 2009. Yeah, except yeah. for our, you know, our, our hiatus can't, years. Can't do the maths on how many that is. No, I can't A either. lot. We've done a lot. We've done a lot, yeah. 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 And it was good. It worked for three of us last year on the stage, I thought. I think it was great. It was great fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I'm sorry it's taken me a year of the podcast to actually get here, but um, I don't know if people know, but I've got a, um, a job as cabin crew, so I'm always away at the weekends. I'm always away most times. And it just didn't work last year to get in on the podcast. So thank you for having me this week for Ukraine. And let's see what happens. So Ukraine is a special place for you in terms of your Eurovision story, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've obviously been following Eurovision since I was a kid, like most of us, you know, with our mums watching it with the Radio Times scoring it. But the first time I went to the live um, final was 2005 in uh, Kyiv. And I only went on the Friday morning after spending the semi-final with you, Monty, Mm -hmm. I believe that was. And I flew out British Airways on the Friday morning, not knowing what to expect, um, and did the Eurovision bubble for three days, basically, in Kiev. I slept on a sofa in a suburb miles out of town because I was hosted by Nico, who was one of the original founders of Second Cherry. And Nico, as we all know, loves a bargain. So we were in an apartment (laughs) in the middle of nowhere. We had to take three buses to get to Kiev centre. But what an experience. And... it was weird because I didn't know the way the press centre works and accreditation there. And I was completely naive to it. 
but I got a P1 press accreditation through Malta that year mm-hmm. because I'd been in Malta earlier in the year at the Maltese um, selection and somehow blagged a, a, a press a P1. And it was so bizarre because when I got my laminate from the press centre, it said P1, Maltese delegation, British Airways. So everyone I met was like, how did you get your hands on that <laughs> accreditation? And a P1, I didn't know back then there were P1s and P2s back in those yeah. days. And I had a few dagger looks from some of the uh, hardcore bloggers slash fannies slash journalists. Slackers. Blaggers, exactly, yeah. And it was like, what do you do for British Airways? I said, well, um, I'm doing an article for our High Life in-flight magazine about the Eurovision Song Contest. That was my little fallback excuse. And of course I wasn't. I was just there for the parties. But I did actually um, try and do some serious blagging. If anyone from the EBU is listening, don't listen (laughs) to what Jody's just said. (laughs) And keep giving us a badge. (laughs) Yeah. No, the reason I got it was because um, my first actual national final was 2005 as well. I went to the Maltese Song for Europe Festival that year uh, in the Mediterranean Conference Centre in Valletta. And because I was really good friends with Gunter, who was one of the singers that year. And that was the year, I don't know if you remember, um, listeners, that it was a runaway between Chiara and Angel, which went on mm. to come second in uh, Kiev, of course, and um, Olivia Lewis, who went on later to represent oh, her yes. country, but she had a cracking song called um, Deja Vu that year, and it was literally a two-horse two race between Olivia Lewis and uh, Chiara that year. And I had the best time and I loved every single song. But even now, looking back, I've just looked at the list of the songs that year. Six of the entrants were Ralph Siegel numbers that year <laughs> in Malta. He gets around. He does get around. But if you've got a chance to go back to look at um, Deja Vu by Olivia Lewis, um, I think I actually preferred it to Angel. Um, it was a Maltese chanting to start. It had the cracking chorus. It was, of course, back in those days, it was the era of Philip Vella and Gerard James Borge when they wrote every single song for Malta. But it was a, they were at peak, peak um, Malta song that year. And I loved both songs. And obviously, Chiara, it's history now. She went on to come second in uh, Kiev. So go back and have a listen to that, Deja Vu. You've probably heard it all before. <laughs> <laughs> So we, of course, are here to discuss Ukraine. But before we do that, Matt, we've had a letter, haven't we? We have had multiple letters, Monty. So I'm going to read out uh, some... Show us what's in your sack. So So I'm going to, yes, I'll show you. I'll empty my sack right now. Ready? (laughs) First, First letter is from another Neil. Last week we had a Neil Durham, but this is another Neil called Neil Farron. Just saying hi. Dear Matt and Monty, my name is Neil Farron. Uh, you can never have enough Neils, am I right? Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm from your neighbouring island of Ireland. International. International. There you go. <laughs> I'm a writer for Eurovoir and an avid listener of Second Cherry. Now, uh, yeah, big shout out to Eurovoir because they're a great, um, like a fan site, like ESC Extra that mm. I write for and stuff like that. They're really fast of news, great guys. So, yeah, good. Nice to have you. Um, I just wanted to write in and say how much I enjoy the podcast. You two get me through the sluggish hours of Monday afternoons at work. Like Monty, I've been working from home since lockdown started in Ireland. And uh, you make me think back to all the memories from this year's selection season. I was supposed to go to Melody Grand Prix in Norway this year with my boyfriend, but they moved it to Trondheim and I was dumped. No. Oh, Neil. Oh, Neil. Um, so anyway, he goes on. Bastard. You're better off without him, Neil. 
I don't know who he is, but you, d- you deserve better. I ended up watching... You might be back together with him right now. Oh, your boyfriend's lovely. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, shit. No, you would have voted it. Or we might even know the boyfriend. Oh he my could gosh. be a Eurofan. Okay, let's just pretend we didn't say any of that. <laughs> I ended up watching it alone in my hotel room in Oslo with lots of snacks. However, things turned around when I ended up doing press at UMK instead. Shout out to Sammy who talked me into it. Oh, let me just give some... So UMK obviously is... Finnish Finnish national final. We know this. We've done that episode. Uh, Sammy is somebody who writes for my website, ESC Extra, who's also friends of Neil. It was a really chilled atmosphere and all the acts were like one big family. All the press got to sit in the front row for the final dress rehearsal, which was fun until Chichilina came on and you burnt my eyebrows off. (laughs) The after party was quite memorable too, mostly because of a bar fight that happened while we were waiting to do karaoke. We made out out the exit and went to a gay bar instead. Yeah, probably best. Uh, Mixer in Tampa, if you're asking. Plug for the gay bar there. Yeah. Um, I mean, enjoyed a peaceful night out, although I'm sad to say that Axel didn't automatically get selected for 2021. Uh, because I love looking back and he's a precious being. Yeah, he is. I'm excited to see what UMK 2021 has in store and hope to be there again. Well, you know, we're going to cover it for sure next year. He goes on though. The biggest reason I'm writing this is to say thank you. These have been very strange and scary times for everyone, but you've been there to cheer us up. If anything, Second Cherry is just one example of the abundant creativity of Eurofans and it shows how we band together and always look after one another. And that's something I've taken for granted. In short, you are my good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Ooh, that's good, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing your stuff and hopefully we all get together for a live event like we did last last year. Love, love, peace, peace, Neil. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil. That's I really book. like the idea that we've been able to help cheer people up through scary times we don't scare them Matt and Monty they don't put the willies up you <laughs> <laughs> that's only Eurovision week <laughs> Neil thank you that's really really lovely it's so nice to to hear that story and I, I am sorry that you know your trip to Norway wasn't what you hoped it might be but I'm glad you had a fabulous trip to Finland as a result of it yeah now we have to move on swiftly because we've got another letter. Goodness me. Okay, now cards on the table. We know this guy. Okay, so but we, I have to read it out. This this is an email entitled, Hi Hans, give me a mug. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, this is your fan, Maxi Max, from, from bed with a toothache, but getting the VIP treatment at home while I listen to you, as I do every Monday. Well, even if I don't get the mug, I'm still in love with you both and your shenanigans. Um, just to sidetrack there. he says I still love you both. I'm oh, not in love, sorry. Oh, sorry well, to burst your bubble. Oh, Max. <laughs> oh, Max. We thought you were in love with us. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, just because we, we said we were going to give mugs, secondary mugs away. We did. To and people. we still are. And we still are. So. Once we get the mugs. Yeah. So our mug competition. Is that a competition? Our mug Giveaway? Giveaway is still on. What do they have to do? What, what did we say we'd give them a mug well, for? Um, we actually said, don't just email us. 
you have to give like a song critique or something like that. Oh, okay. So, so not just say give us a mug. But then I quite like the boldness of Max, so well, he I, might get one anyway. Winnie Bones. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted to mention that I'm still a Billie Eilish virgin, so not sure how much of a copycat Roxon may be. And actually, given how dark times in 2020, the last thing I want to do is listen to depressing songs. Ha ha ha. <laughs> well, actually, no. She she she's kind of depressing, but kind of not. It's kind of I can't explain it. But yeah, that's just a throwback to last episode where we were talking about Roxanne and Billie Eilish. So anyway, hope we can meet in person soon. I'm so done with this year. Love, Max. Oh, oh. that's sweet as well. Mm. Oh, Max, if you if I had a mug, I'd give you one. <laughs> I'd throw it at your head. <laughs> we do actually have two mugs. We only have, there's only two mugs that exist, but we are going to get some mugs done. So who knows? What if you might get a mug once we get round to... Actually getting them and giving them away. Something has to pay for this podcast. because. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, so that's the mailbag. Um, my, my sack is sufficiently empty. <laughs> Thank you for writing in. Thanks. Okay, let's get on with what we're here to do. Let's have a look back at Ukraine. So Ukraine are... The defending champions of Second Cherry after Maruf took victory in 2019. Uh, now, of course, she didn't get to go to Eurovision, just like all of the artists this year didn't get to go. But Ukraine has had an in and out checkered past with Eurovision, um, often in direct correlation to whether Russia is, is in or out. <laughs> but let's not dwell on that uh, for too much. Two semi-finals this year on the 8th and the 15th of February, and the final was held in the 22nd. The same format as in the previous years since 2016, where the Ukrainian national broadcaster has had a collaboration with a commercial broadcaster, STB, um, to hold the show. It was held in the Palazzo Kulturi of the Kiev Polytechnic Institute. There you go. So three jury members on the panel. We have Vitaly Druzhdov, who's a general producer of TAVR Media Radio Holding. Of course he is. There you are. We yeah. had Andrei Danilko, who is better known as the drag artist Verka Seduchka. And this year we had a new member and replacing Jamala who was unceremoniously dumped from the panel after the debacle last year. Um, and this year we had a former Ukrainian singer, Tina Carroll, from 2006. Tina Lieberman. Show me a love. Yes. <laughs> Tina Lieberman. Show yes. me a muscle Mary, I think was our alternative <laughs> lyric to that, wasn't it? Yeah, she had great legs, great Absolutely. boots. Even I noticed her legs. They Cracking were tanned and lithe. Yeah, great song. So we had eight songs in each semi-final. Two semi-finals had 16 songs in total. Three songs advanced from each of the semi-finals to the final. And as we go on, we'll talk about where those songs um, finished. The final was won by a group called Go A, and their song was called Solove. It was a mix of traditional Ukrainian folk music with electronica, and I think this was actually one of the most interesting songs in the contest. I really like this. So let's have a little listen to that. Solovey, 
so we're gonna, I'm going to ask my usual question, and Jodie, I'm going to ask you this actually. Okay. Um, did the right song win the national final? I would say yes. I um, have to admit, I didn't watch it at the time, so I wasn't caught up in the semis and the excitement of who went through because I was um, in deepest, darkest Brazil at the time in peak national final season. So, um, obs. <laughs> I, yeah, obs, yeah. In fact, um, to digress slightly, uh, when the, I was watching the Australian final on a bus going from the coastline in Sao Paulo to the airport in Sao Paulo, down the back of a, a dirty old bus going to the airport, and I was streaming on my phone and my companion said, what the hell are you doing? I said, I'm watching the Australian final. It's the evening in Queensland. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wish I hadn't bothered because I didn't really like the Australian winner, but I digress. So um, uh, where are we? Ukraine. So Ukraine, yeah. So yes, so I had to watch the songs cold when we were doing our research for uh, Cherry. And yeah, I definitely think the right song won. It's not my cup of tea, but the pipe sound is very catchy and the, the um, ethnicity of it, the original sounding music. I, I, I did grow to love it. And I have a sneaking suspicion in if the contest had gone ahead in Rotterdam, it would have done really, really well because there was nothing else like it. Yes, so definitely for me, the right song won. Yeah, it was a bit of an enigma to me. I mean, I liked it. I, I ranked it quite highly amongst all the songs this year, but... It was an enigma. I did that. You know, it's, it could come last. And you're like, oh yeah, I understand why it's coming last. Or it could come top three. But yeah, I understand that. It's weird, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I quite like songs like that, mm. where you know the, the the final result could absolutely be anywhere, and you could see totally understand why. I really liked it. I think it probably was the best song. Interestingly, it didn't win either of the semi-finals. Oh, it didn't. It was only really in the final that it started to shine. It did come second in the first semi-final, but it didn't win it, so it moved up to... That, that to style place. is very of its of the country, isn't it? Of the area. This, this the high-pitched singing, the, 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 the feel of it is very... Yeah, it's really sort of the, down a sort of the swathe of um, that sort of the, the Balkans Eastern Europe right down to the Balkans actually because you hear it in Bulgarian folk music we had it in the Polish entry yeah. a couple of years ago um, it's a real distinctive um, full-throated singing song which I really really like and to get it blended with the, mm. the, the, the fusion of the electronica I just thought this worked really really well I'd have loved to have seen what what it would have done mm. because there's that curiosity of like you know what where is it going to come so i have a sneaking suspicion it would have been top 10 in the final but then of course what do i know but i just think it was so different it would have got po a handful of points from most countries maybe not the western countries but we'll never know well what do you know indeed we're not interested in what you know we're interested in what you think <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to I don't think you want to get into my mind <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hear your thoughts and ours coming right up so the first song we're going to listen to is a song by Katia Chili and it's called Peach <laughs> I do love a good whale, wailing song. <laughs> this is what I want from a national final. This is the sort of thing that I like to sit down and listen, sit back, listen, and 
try and interpret what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. I don't really know with this song, but I love that. I love the fact that I'm not quite understanding what I'm seeing, but it's got, it's so determined in what it's trying to do. And I don't mean like it's self-obsessed or anything like that. It's, 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 it's doing something. I don't know what it is, but I'm really into it. I'm the same. It's a really unnerving song because there's kind of silence at the start and a close-up of a shadow of her face. And you're kind of wondering what's going on. And then she speaks something to her mother and then she screams. And then this wailing kicks in. And wailing is a bit, you know, it's an unfair term. It's a bit of that kind of sort of, you know, that white voice singing again. Yeah, I'm being um, churlish when I say that. But, but yeah. it is. I mean, there is a bit of screeching going mm. on in this. And there's all sorts of imagery going on and she's got backing singers who are in sort of very traditional Ukrainian outfits and doing that style of singing again that we saw with Solovey, the winning song. Um, and then there's somebody sat who looks a little bit more Central Asian, actually, got that, that look and feel to it, playing some kind of instrument. I'm not sure what it is. But this is a real, it's almost like a soundscape. It's, um, it's kind of watery almost at the start. And then there's a real sort of, there's a, a nature mood that sort of seeps through the song. It's really, really different. And I love it. I love it because it's bringing something very rooted in Ukrainian tradition, but obviously brought up to date with this kind of fusion beat to it. Really, really intriguing. This is the kind of thing I absolutely love in a national final as well. But I can imagine it's not for everybody. Mm. No, it's not. I found it quite challenging, although I, I do agree with you and what you're saying about it being different. Yeah, it's got Central Asian themes. It's got the Ukrainian national costume. It's got the wailing or the, the style of singing that she's doing. But yeah, for me, it was a bit of a challenge. And I'm not saying I don't like to be challenged. I do like listening to something different, but it would be something I might skip more than listen to and give it a chance, which probably I need to um, have a word with myself and actually try some different styles. No. But I, I, I do appreciate it. Maybe I don't like it, but I appreciate it. No, but I'm totally with you. This isn't on my playlist. I would never listen to it um, unless I wanted to like nudge my mate and say, "Oh, listen to this. Have you heard this before? This is crazy." But yeah, it's it, it's it's weird. Something that you listen to on a playlist is very different from something that you just appreciate as a piece of art, mm. which mm. is weird, isn't it? Because obviously we engage with our favorite Eurovision songs through our playlists mm. and you know parties mm. and stuff like that. This isn't a party song. <laughs> no, it would be a. It's an arty be piece. A particular I mean, party. It's something that Kate Bush would do. Really talking well, to your favorite. It, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see her doing something like that. Well, she's done fusion with you know Bulgarian uh, vocalists before, so mm. you know it's the it's yeah it's, it's that, that, that taking kind of experimental and, and picking and doing some creating yeah. something very very yeah. original. Absolutely. The next song we're going to listen to is called Ninety Nine. And it's by Cruz.
So, Jodie, what what do you think about this song? I'm just trying to pronounce um, the the group's name or the girl's name. Krut. That's, Krut. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Krut. Yeah, that sound Krut. is um, not um, from... My, I can get my tongue around most of Europe, but I can't quite get um, Ukraine yet. But anyway, Krut, yeah, 99. Not 99 red balloons, but 99 something. 99 reasons. reasons. That's yes. right. Yes, I did like this. I liked the imagery. Um, didn't understand it, but it was pretty. I liked her. She was pretty. Um, I liked the instrument she was playing. I forget the name of it now. It's a traditional it's Ukrainian... A, it's called a bandura. A bandura. It's a traditional Ukrainian stringed instrument mm. that gets plucked. Yeah, that's right. And it's nice. It had a nice melody. Sticks in your head. Maybe not strong enough for me, but there was something there to work with. And I, I, I enjoyed that three minutes. Even though I didn't know what the hell was going on, it was nice. And um, yeah, a nice gentle um, melody. It's very melodic, actually. That's the thing that really stood out for me about this. It's got such a lovely lilting melody to it. And I think the the, the visual of the backdrop is engaging. And you're kind of trying to say, well, what, what instrument is she playing? Because it's not familiar to Western eyes. It loses momentum, I think. Uh, a couple of minutes in there's also some mm. whistling kicks in by that point as well and I'm not I'm not a fan of the whistle um, but there's enough here to keep you entertained and interested and I think this actually came third in the final so yeah strong solid entry again sort of drawing on traditional yeah yeah traditional sounds and instrumentation yeah. I want to pick up on that like cartoon background that she had because I found that really interesting. It yes, the song kind of went along at one single pace and didn't really deviate, but I was kind of drawn into this. Uh, look at the link in the show notes, uh, like we do to all the songs, and just watch this performance and see. It's kind of got this Alice in Wonderland, Little Red Riding Hood. For those who know the book that I speak about, it's got like this. Um, in the night circus type feel to it it's kind of it's a it's you'll know what i mean when you when you see it. it's it's kind of um telling a story but i don't know what the story mm. is you kind of, it feels familiar and i feel like that kind of what that's what makes this performance just kind of bearable because the song's okay the instrument's great but then after that you're right halfway through you're like okay what's next and then you've got the story to to kind of try and interpret so i think they were quite clever with this staging, with this song. Yeah, they were. They were giving you something more because normally these musical pieces that involve an instrument are just that, you know, the smoke behind and there's never really a backdrop, but it's trying to tell some kind of story. It's like she's going around Ukraine trying to do her bit for traditional folk music or something and she's trying to give you 99 reasons to be positive. It's a positive song, yeah. maybe about traditional music or something. And it, yeah, it, it kind of washed over you very nice. It didn't grab you by the by the horns, but it, it, it yeah, it, melodic and just you know it's a song of hope actually if you mm. look at the lyrics it's about uh, you know finding hope in a situation and 99 reasons 99 reasons and boy do yeah. we need hope right now <laughs> <laughs> so the third song we're going to talk about is called Vegan by Jerry Hale baby cause I'm
Monty, what do you think? Vegan. Yes. I really... I'm interested in anything vegan. I'm not a vegan myself. I'm a vegetarian. But the whole vegan thing is great for me because I don't like eggs. So the fact that there's a vegan explosion happening uh, across uh, food, across the, the world really at the moment, is of particular interest to me. Now that obviously doesn't mean that um, this song is tasty. But <laughs> there's a lot to sink your teeth into in this. It's... Uh, got such an interesting lyric it's kind of playing with the idea of being vegan and i think playing with a little bit of the the mocking of veganism a little bit as well but it's it's not done in a nasty way it's kind of done in a kind of quite humorous way there's a fantastic line a little play on words where she says because i'm vegan i can't even call you honey even when we're having beef (laughs) i just think that's a really really clever line to put in it's very interesting stage she changed it between the semi-final and the final and i think the semi-final performance was more interesting she's got two enormous what look like big kfc buckets of fried chicken um, but she's got characters and vegetables cascading out of them. And the, the characters, they're dressed in, they're dressed like animals, but like almost a, a bit like a cross between a farmyard animal and Pussy Riot. That <laughs> <laughs> kind of sort of balaclava yes. and, you know, headgear. So you've got like a, a Pussy Riot cow and a Pussy Riot pig and a Pussy Riot chicken. They're all dancing around on stage. Though. It's like Pussy White cosplay. It, it's exactly like that. It's really, really entertaining. The only thing that doesn't work with this is you can't hear her vocals very well. It's not really clear what she's singing, which is a shame because if you look at the lyric video, there's lots of little clever plays on words with it, and the, the lyric video really sells the song. And I think it's a real shame that she wasn't able to convey that performance to the level it needed to be to pull this off on the stage. Yeah, well, I, I, I've i never been bashed over the head by a theme so clumsily <laughs> in my life. Like, literally dancing carrots. But, I, you know, there's yeah, there's no nuance here. It's it's 100% what it is. I, yeah, I don't I don't really feel much for this. It's, it's a bit, you know, I, I love a bit of novelty. I love a little bit of cheekiness, a bit of comedic. But I, for me, it's just way too just too on the nose it, it doesn't do anything for me I'm going to repeat actually there's a lot of wordplay in this song in mm-hmm. the lyrics I'm just going to repeat one of her own lyrics and just say this this song is awful <laughs> <laughs> Jodie what do you think? Oh, God yeah awful yeah that's that's a good word and you know did she say holy schmoly rhyming with guacamole <laughs> at some point or something yeah I mean it, it's um, it could be perceived as being so bad it's good and in that way We've always had songs like that in Cherry and they've always been considered. And yeah, I agree. The semi-final performance was much more colourful, much more lively. She comes out of a 1950s style fridge for crying out loud at the start of the song, doesn't she? Yeah. I mean, what's not to love about that? Except possibly her. I found her a little bit annoying because she was mumbling a little bit and I just found her a little bit... Just I couldn't engage with her even though the, the, there was a strong message. Um... Did I like the song? I didn't dislike it. Um, yeah, the theme is, is interesting. It's on point. Yeah, veganism is going, going ballistic. And I've travelled the world with um, our Monty here <laughs> and um, been uh, <laughs> born witness to how difficult it is to eat in some countries of the world we've been to. 
uh, for Eurovision and for um, other reasons. So, yeah. There's an underlying current of frustration there. You have to go somewhere where I can get a veggie burger and you can't get a big steak. <laughs> <laughs> not at all, not at all. I, I want everyone to be happy. I'm a typical Libran. Um, as long as she has a drink, she's fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, just give me red wine, I'll eat anything. I'll even eat offal. <laughs> so, yeah, this this was... It's okay. It was colourful. It's, it's a proper performance. Well, we'll move on then. So, the next song is Cool for Love by Kayat. opens really promisingly there's that ukrainian wind instrument um the, the flute that i think they call the sapilka and it's creating that kind of mood of eastern europe middle east and you think this is going to be a really really brilliant ethno banger and it doesn't quite deliver what you're hoping it will i like it but I kind of feel it runs out of steam a little bit. His vocals stray a little too far from the written melody <laughs> at times. And I'm not sure he quite manages to save it. But it's an interesting song and it came second in the final. So obviously quite a lot of love for this. I think it was the favourite going into the national final. Or certainly was one of the favourites. A lot of people were talking about it, yeah. Hmm. I For me... I absolutely love this song. Yes, the vocal is a bit off. And I listen to this, obviously, on the recording, like we all do mm. on the playlist. And I, yeah, absolutely, it's, 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 it's got more to it on the recording. This reminds me, could just be honest here, it just reminds me of being like in a dirty voxel club. I'm eyeing up that hot bear dancing in the corner of his top half. But actually, not actually realising it's 9am and really I should have we've been partying for three days and I should have gone home three days ago. Um, I, it's just... I think it just makes me feel a little bit dirty and I kind of like it. You know what I mean? Right? And it's like the lyrics are like, uh, let me read this out. This, this, this is just, this is my clubbing days just wrapped up in lyrics. Hate me and crave me. Beg me and slave me. Loose and obtain me. Let me just let me. That's wow. kind of like, that's my 20s summed up like that. Bang. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to let you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this. Absolutely love this song. Banger. Yeah, I mean, when it opens, you're like, wow, this is going to be great. Um, the staging, it, it builds. Then then he opens his mouth and you're like, oh, the vocal's a little bit flimsy. The vocal's a bit fragile. He's not quite nailing it. But then he dances and you're like, okay, it's back in the game now, this one. The dancing is very good. Very, there's a bit of Middle Eastern flavour going on as well mm. with the sounds and the dancing was really on point but it's his vocal that was a little bit what left me wanting and, and yeah a bit like you I, I liked it and I, I, I like him as well actually there's something about him I quite like that you know skinny moustached sort of twinky look um, no I, I'm with so me and you Jody very rarely oh agree on guys you know, this is we, true. Our Venn diagram crossover is <laughs> minuscule. Yeah, it's as skinny as the men that you like. But actually, uh, I, I, I'm feeling it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think I probably would, you know, yeah, give, I, give him a bit of a cuddle. Trousers, yeah. trousers optional. I'd hop on a jet to Kiev to, <laughs> to see him, maybe. Um, I yeah, it's just a shame. Um, it, it it had hope, but the vocal sort of let it down a bit, didn't it? Yeah, mm. like most of our sexual conquests. <laughs> <laughs> like that Monday morning in Vauxhall, man. Starts so promising. <laughs> Full of Eastern promise. Yeah, lovely kayak. Moving on, the next song we're going to discuss is called Black Square, and it's by For Sure. <laughs> This is a song that, it's kind of a rap song at times, but it's also, there's more singing in it, there's more chorus, it's not, it's not, it's difficult to define quite what genre it is. And I think this would have passed me by completely, were it not for having read an amazing article um, about this song, which was written by Ellie for ESC Insight. And if you aren't aware of that article, I really recommend going to read it. Um, it's called it's called Black Square. It's got a lot of layers, and my gosh, this song really does have. It's about art, and it takes its name from a painting called Black Square, which was bought by a Ukrainian artist called Kazimir Malevich. It's a picture which is just of a black square in the middle of a canvas but it is a piece which provokes a lot of discussion on the nature of art and so just like they're talking they're saying in the song about um i'm a black square got a lot of layers in me they're talking about the the existentialism of art they're talking about what constitutes art and so there's all sorts of references thrown in here like the mona lisa and art that's made out of feces and there's lots of questioning around you know what is the what what makes art what is it that classifies something as art um and i think that's a really fascinating subject for a song and it really is it's like you're peeling away more and more layers of complexity that's in these three minutes that you wouldn't necessarily pick up just by watching it mm. it's intriguing to me this song especially coming from a Ukrainian national final of course we've already spoken about this there's a lot of intrigue in this national final there always is in Ukraine it's, it is always that type of music but this is really intriguing to me the rapping I think it's rapping but it, there's also some it kind of falls into chant a little bit it kind of flits between the two but the, it is flawless the harmonies when they sing are flawless I love the fact that it's three women actually you know, sometimes you can you can imagine someone like a very earnest, white, young, Eastern European man singing this, and not, this wouldn't have the same effect at all. This is no. this just just yeah, that's the word intrigues me. I'm a bit gutted this didn't get more attention through the national final because I just it's just the most astonishing song, and I I'm a big fan. I'm 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 kind of fingers crossed that these guys come back next year as well. Mm. But we'll see we'll see about that. What do you think, Jodie? 
Um, faux show. <laughs> Is that the what they're called? Faux yeah, show? Yeah, yeah faux show. Um, I like it. I don't like rap. I think anyone who knows me knows I don't like rap. So for me, it's always a difficult uh, genre. But boy, do they sing the pants off this. And the little breakdowny bits, the harmonization thing, it's a little bit Destiny's Child. It's mm. very, very slick. Very, very slick. And I didn't know there was a backstory, of course, until the article that Monty's just um, uh, referenced. And in that article, the girls, not complain, but the girls remark that they're always asked where they're actually from. They're yes. born and raised in Ukraine. They're educated in Ukraine. They speak Ukrainian, uh, Russian and English. And I didn't know there was um, a black population in Ukraine. It's probably small, but yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I would have assumed that they'd come in from another country and just, you know... But no, they're actually born and raised in Ukraine, um, which is interesting in itself. And yeah, it was, it's a it's a of its genre. It's really slick, really good. But I really do have a, a struggle with with uh, rap songs. So for me, it wouldn't be my favorite in Ukraine. But it's nice that it was there and the staging was good and they were slick. I mean, they they come to the camera at one point. It's in black and white and they're talking in, in about numbers. I'm guessing that's Instagram likes or something about that maybe or maybe it's something to do with the artwork. I don't know. But it, it, it was certainly intriguing, very intriguing. I think that issue of their identity is really fascinating as well because that's something that they address as well because they because they are born and raised in Ukraine but have Ethiopian parents, there's been questions around their status and their Ukrainianness. So to have a song which is looking at an existential topic anyway and then you're bringing in yeah. the, them wanting to present their vision um, and their influences to Ukrainian audience as Ukrainian nationals. You know, it, I, I think it's just really, really interesting. I think they've, you know, they've said that they've had to, you know, defend a lot of criticism and attacks um, because of their identity. And we know there, you know, there can be a, a very, you know, ultranational factor in Ukrainian politics. Um, but yeah, this is really interesting. And I just want to say again, thanks to Ellie, because we would not have had anything like the insight we do have into this song were it not for her picking this up and writing this article. Really amazing. It's on ESC Insight. We'll put a link in the show notes. That's Ellie Chalkley. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll put it definitely, definitely. So the fifth song, the final song we're going to... Oh, sorry, no, the sixth song that we're going to be talking about is Horizon by David Axelrod. So over to you, Jody, with this one. Okay, so yeah, um, as I said earlier in the podcast, I came into the songs quite cold. I um, watch them all. I always give each um, song a fair hearing. Um, I don't just do one verse, one chorus. I'd listen to the whole song, and I did, and I was left wanting for most of them. Um, but then when this one started, I was like, "Wow, this is a this is a, a big old ballad, and it's sung by a man, and we don't really have many male ballads." Admittedly, it could be from any old country. There's nothing Ukrainian about it at all. It could be from Denmark. It could be from Norway. It could be anywhere, really. But it's really, really 
pleasing. I found myself singing it after the first 30 seconds because you know exactly where it's going to go. It's not, it's not, there's no surprises. It's been done before, but this is a really good version of a, of a, a ballad and it's comforting. It's like an old jumper you put on and it's just, oh yeah, I just love this type of music. And I, I just found myself just humming along and just loving it. And there's a, there's key changes galore. The staging is fantastic. His diction, okay, in a little bit, not perfect, but wow, he knocked it out of the park for me. And I was just sat there going, oh, this is really good. It's not Ukrainian, but this is really good. I was really, really blown away by this. Yeah, uh, not for me. I, I I have to comment really on the <laughs> the hilarious bit of um, wind machine slash dry ice that halfway through the song, I think it's the second chorus. Anyway, they he get he walks to the front of the stage and he's blasted <laughs> two directions, two directions, and it's literally like, <laughs> get back, you foul demon. <laughs> Um, it's it's hilarious comic moment Um, but honestly apart from that I can't say I agree I'm going to just read out my notes the only apart from that uh, I've written I have nothing to say watching paint dry well I think it's interesting that when we were talking at the start of the show about a song called Deja Vu because there's nothing (laughs) really this is you've heard every single part of this song before several times it's in an, in a Ukrainian national final that was big on Ukrainian identity this year even more so because of the debacle with the selected artist Maru having a career in Russia last year and the, the Ukrainian national identity was written through this national final like a stick of rock except for this song and my notes at the time, I wrote down, please don't send this, Ukraine, Schmaltzfest. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by that now. <laughs> I just, this is one of the dullest songs, and the dullest song in the competition for me. There's just nothing to make it stand out. It's interesting because the semi-final performance different from the final performance. The final performance was over more overblown in a way. It was costumey, it was more overcooked in the delivery of it. And that's saying something because in the semi-final he was flanked by five men in angel costumes with outstretched wings spanning the entirety of the stage. He was. I mean, back to that club in Brooklyn. He was. <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah, still the final <laughs> managed to be more overcooked. I... This is the least interesting song of the night for me by some margin. Dearie me. Well, what we're going to do, we are going to pick things up a little bit with this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Yes, you know this by now. This is our new segment, Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. And we just want to spread some positivity from the Euroverse, the Eurovision world, because we're fed up of all bullshit and nastiness and negativity. So this week, we want to talk about Senate or Senate. 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 I've heard it different ways, and somebody told me I was saying it wrong, so I don't know. But you know who we're talking about. She was the representative back in 2011 Mm -hmm. for San Marino, 
and was again in 2020, but she didn't get to go to Eurovision. She's been doing some Eurovision covers. Um, part of the, the Eurovision home concerts that the EBU... So she's done some, some covers like that, but she's now sort of like spun off and part of... What is it, Monty? She's doing like a concept album? She's doing her freaky trip to Rotterdam. Hashtag. <laughs> and she's doing a series of... Um, Quite interesting covers. We've only had one so far. Um, she did some of the home concert season, as you said, but she's done a cover of Cheesecake from Belarus, which is not the kind of country that you'd expect or the song that you'd expect. But my gosh, she's really gone to town on it. Listen, I don't, I don't like Cheesecake. It's, it annoys the fuck out of me. But I actually love her cover. I'm like, I You've made me like this song. And she's got a kind of like, you know, she's bringing Black Lives Matter. She's bringing quite a saucy edge to it. I mean, literally, fuck the police yeah. at one point. It's This is not for pre-the-watershed. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with it. This, I love her. What do you think? Jamie? Yeah, I, I, I didn't like Freaky, to, um, if I'm honest, but I hope she... Is she coming back next year? She yeah. is, yeah. I'd love her to come back with something um, better, much better, and she can do it. She's got a great voice, great style. She's sassy. Yeah. I'm the same. I didn't really like her entry this year. No. I'm totally on board with this. And I think this is really... She's got a year now to build her part up, to get the fans on board with these batshit crazy cover versions and really build a bit of momentum ahead of next year's contest good on you girl yeah yeah she might be one of the artists that actually gains from the postponement this year rather than oh good loses. yeah because sure. someone will lose momentum i think she's gaining it while she's playing it right good for her she, i mean she i mean like you know she is she is a bit batshit but she's really playing this game so yeah that's what we we decided to just bring that to you yeah, link so, yeah. link in the show notes have so, a little look yeah. check out sanita uh, sorry sanit Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, that just leaves us with one thing left to do, and that is to announce what cherry has been picked, plucked, and, I don't know, polished for our our second cherry song contest. You can't always polish a cherry. I don't know. This is... um... (laughs) Hold on to your hats, guys, because, Jodie, can you please reveal, astonishingly, what song we have chosen as our cherry? I can. The cherry for Ukraine this year will be... Drum roll, please. <laughs> I can see it on the horizon. David Axelrod. Horizon. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> Deathly silence here in right. Cherry Towers. We have to talk about this, don't we? Because I think there's probably, there probably is going to be some raised eyebrows. This was, a, this was the most bananas conversation. So when we picked this song, it was a split. There are five people... On the cherry team, remember? Yeah. There's the three of us plus Russell and Mikael. So I, I I don't think Monty minds me saying, but me and Monty were very much this is our last place, what the actual. And then there was Russell and you, Jodie, who were like, This is our favourite song. We, we we love it. It has to it has to be our cherry. Yeah. And we're like, as much as you loved it, me and Monty disliked it. So that was the balance. And then poor Mikael was in the middle going, um and we're like, you 
you're the casting vote and he was like you could see the, the panic yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I knew it was going to be interesting when Monty said well I want any song except Horizon and Russell and I had gone for Horizon without conferring because we were remotely meeting in, in those days back in lockdown and I, I'm not surprised Russell went for it but he went for it big time like I did um I was surprised your hatred towards it. I thought indifference, maybe. And I know we're talking of Ukraine and I know it's it feels wrong that we go for such a non-Ukrainian song, but that's the way it breaks sometimes. We don't have the luxury of knowing what the songs are when we choose each country. Some songs are chosen earlier. Had Ukraine been chosen at the end and we needed a more ethnic song, things may have been different, but we go with our gut, we go with our heart and that grabbed me by everything and I just loved it and so did Russell it's, so, it's interesting to get a division like that in the team it is um, you know and you're right I mean this was a 3 to 2 vote so this one fairly and squarely um, it was just interesting that that was for me in that final that I was trying so hard to bring Ukrainian national flavour in we've ended up with the song <laughs> That has absolutely not even the essence. Oh, like I admit, not even the essence of Odessa. No. <laughs> <laughs> I admit, it's never been near no. the Crimea. But we've never said in Cherry we have to have a, a flavour of the country from every song we've chosen. No, no, no. We've never had. No, no, so no. it's just yeah. the way they get chosen. Um, I'm delighted, and I'll be interested to see how it does on the night. I think it'll be a great three minutes in our um, live show or our online show, whatever actually happens. It might bomb, but. I think there's nothing else that obviously people fell behind because they that would have obviously won had that happened. And there was some great songs, but nothing for our show better than this for me. I know you disagree. And you know what? It's selected. It's selected fairly and squarely. And we are behind it. Yeah, this you're is behind a, it now. This is our Ukrainian cherry for this year. I'll be really interested, like you, to see how it does as well. Just purely because we've got such a chasm of difference in our opinions on it. So you know, the song's going to end up somewhere on the night. So I'm really interested. But I'm also interested to hear the views of you, our listeners, as well. This has created division within the team as to whether we thought this was the best song or not. So I'm really interested to get your views. Contact us on social media and let us know what you think, whether this is a great song or whether you think this is not such a great song, mm. uh, because you'd be reflecting the entirety of the views within the team. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So you can, of course, uh, contact us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Second Cherry. On Instagram, we are second underscore cherry. And on Facebook, we are second cherry podcast. Of course, you can also email us in as well, just as Neil and Maxi Max have done this week. And we are at... Hello. <laughs> at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. Do drop us a line uh, on email or on the socials and let us know what you think. Wait, let's just do that, Cam, because I think Max will get upset if we don't do it. <laughs> so, 
A little bit camper for you, just for Max. Hello at secondcherry.vision. Hello <laughs> at secondcherry.vision. Do you drop us a line? So that's it. Jerry, how was breaking your cherry? Oh, it's been great. I've loved it. You t- you guys are great. You make it so easy. And it's just basically just um, a little bit of chat, isn't it? Yeah, it's a just, friendly environment. Just and yeah, just chewing over the fat of Eurovision. And yeah, nice to be here. I hope I get invited back. And I hope to see you live somewhere in the autumn. Fantastic. Thanks very much. We don't know. I'm sorry to Neil Durham. We don't know what we're doing next week yet as an episode. We have to consult on that but we will be back next week so we'll see you then see you then bye Bye. Bye.